Welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast. If you love tennis and want to improve your game, this podcast is for you. Whether it's technique, strategy, equipment, or the mental game, tennis professional Ian Westerman is here to make you a better player. And now, here's Ian. Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Today's episode of the Essential Tennis Podcast is brought to you by TennisTours.com and TennisExpress.com. Thank you very much for joining me on today's show. I appreciate having you as a listener, no matter how you might have picked up today's podcast. I recommend, by the way, that you guys do use iTunes. It's definitely the easiest way. iTunes is a free download from Apple, and you can subscribe to the podcast in the iTunes store for free. And each week, you will you will automatically download each new show. So it's nice and convenient, and in my opinion, the, the best way to, to get the show every week. Well, this week, I've got a special guest on, and we're going to be talking about lifting weights and fitness for tennis which I think is a great topic for all of you guys to, to help improve your game and kind of take yourselves to the next level. So let's go ahead and get right to it. Sit back, relax, and get ready for some great tennis instruction. My guest today on the Essential Tennis Podcast is Steve Beck. He is the owner of PowerOfFit.com, which is a great website all about motivation and working out and getting in better shape. And he also has a podcast, an audio podcast, which is on iTunes, and it is called Power of Fitness, the Power of Fitness podcast. Steve, thank you very much for spending some time with me, and welcome to the show. Thanks, Ian. My pleasure to be here. So uh, you've been really active on the forums at EssentialTennis.com, and you write some great fitness blog articles that we post on the, the fitness blog at EssentialTennis.com, and you've come to a couple of clinics, so you're, you're super involved, and I, I really appreciate that, Steve, and, and I've, I'm really happy to have you here on the show to talk about some tennis-specific fitness topics. First of all, tell us a little bit about your, your background as a fitness person, and tell us a little bit about your website and, and your podcast, too. Sure, and thanks for the opportunity. Um, I started uh, getting into weight training about 17 years ago, um, and I've been through a lot of phases and a lot of changes in, in my program and have seen a lot of fads and a lot of things come and go. And really, in the past couple of years, I've uh, really just come to uh, enjoy it a whole lot and want to share that knowledge and share things that I've accumulated. And, and obviously, I'm still learning. I'm currently studying for um, uh, my certified personal trainer certification through the uh, American College of Sports Medicine. And so I'm excited about uh, getting certified and being able to really um, do some of the uh, things that I love to do recreationally, uh, be able to, to help people do that in a professional basis as well. Cool. And, you know, just over the past year or so um, in getting involved with uh, getting more active with my tennis and, and staying active with my fitness, uh, I've wanted to, obviously, you've given me a great outlet to, to help share, some, share some, some things and to help people. Uh, I think get into better tennis shape and, and into better shape in general. And started the podcast uh, the beginning, or you know, a couple months ago, toward the beginning of the year. And I'm still working on on that. And and really, the 
the the website uh, is in its infant stages. It's just an information informational blog at this point. I plan in on the future in incorporating uh, more fitness based routines and nutrition into it. And again, just being able to to help people, to give people information, and uh, help them you know see the need to get into better shape. All right, great stuff. Well, what prompted me to get Steve as a guest today was a question from a listener, and you might remember this listener from last week's show. His name is Vedran in Croatia, and he's got a a question about fitness specifically. Actually, three kind of individual questions that are all very closely related. Steve and I are going to talk about those questions, and if we have time, we're going to get to a couple from the forums as well. So let's go ahead and read Vedran's question, and it goes like this. My question is about physical training, which I find pretty important even for a recreational player as myself. The thing that confuses me is how I should approach weightlifting training. Most of the training coaching tips that I googled say a tennis player should lift smaller weights and more repetitions during the tennis season and probably bigger weights with less, with less reps in the off-season. Is that true? And he's got two other questions, which I'll read, but we'll, we'll answer these individually. Uh, secondly, he says, how many days in a week should I lift during my tennis season? And lastly, what muscle groups should I focus on and with what exercises? So, uh, Vedran, uh, thanks very much for your great uh, questions. First of all, I've, I've had a couple different guests on. I've definitely talked about fitness before, but I don't think that I've ever focused on lifting uh, you know, weightlifting specifically on the podcast before. So I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about this. I know that it's a topic, uh, something that I've used in the past uh, to really help my game. Certainly when I was, uh, you know, still <laughs> playing uh, full-time, it's not as important for me now, but uh, hopefully we'll talk about in- injury prevention a little bit later as well. That, that's how it affects me now as a, as a teacher. Um, so Steve, let's get to his first question. And he was talking about, lifting during season versus off season. And he read that it was suggested that he should be using smaller weights and more reps during season and bigger weights and less reps in the off season. So his first question is, is that true uh, for, for the tennis player? Uh, absolutely not. But I'll, I'll, I'll say <laughs> that with, uh, with an asterisk on the end. Okay. Uh, the, the first thing before you approach any kind of weightlifting or training program is you want to involve a professional. And and obviously I know a lot, but I'm not there with Vedran and I don't know his physiology. I don't know of any health risks that he has. And the, and the same thing when I give, give information to anybody um, online and, and, and remove from it, uh, then personally is you want to seek out a professional, make sure you don't have any underlying symptoms. And that just doesn't mean any kind of disease or, or anything obvious. It could be some, some physiological symptoms. If you have a shoulder strain or a tear or an underlying injury, those things are going are gonna to definitely come into play. And so just to kind of get that disclaimer out of the way first, and I think that's smart for anyone when they're looking to improve their fitness level by going into the gym and lifting weights and doing some serious training or, or, or any kind of training. I mean, any, any time you go in and lift weights, it's going to be a serious strain on the body. And so you need to be aware of, of some factors before you enter into a, any kind of program Okay, and, and get some professional guidance. 
So I hope that makes sense. Oh, let's uh, let me interject there just a second, Steve. What about? I mean, <laughs> I know that a lot of my listeners don't want to pay what it costs in wherever they happen to live for professional tennis instruction, and of course professional uh, training or, you know, meeting with a trainer to work out uh, can be very expensive as well. What I mean, what are you suggesting here? Do you think that my listeners need to be with a trainer every time they work out or maybe just once to see where they are? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, and that's a great question, Ian. A lot of times if you are a member of a gym or if you're just joining someplace, they'll give you a couple of sessions with a personal trainer and who will give you an assessment and kind of see where you're at and, and find out your baseline so that they can measure some results. And so that's a, that's a, a no or low cost way to, to get a, to get an assessment. Okay. Um, also, you know, if you, if you have any obvious concerns, pain, or, uh, if you, or maybe, um, you know, have a weight issue, you know, you know, obviously you want to consult your physician too, and, and they can give you a green light. Okay, great. Um, so far as uh, working with a trainer every time you go in the gym, fortunately, we live in the information era, and obviously, you're um, on the cutting edge of providing uh, great tennis instruction, great virtual tennis instruction, and there's equally is, um, some great uh, resources out there on the internet um, and print and other media where you can get great um, exercise and fitness instruction, too. Hopefully, I'm able to provide some of that. Um, and there's there's definitely a ton of resources out there, uh, both online and in print, where you can go and and get your workout plan together before you ever set foot in a gym. Which which is also I think hugely important. You want to um, you know begin with the end in mind and, and look at what kind of fitness goals you have. And so no, it's you don't need someone you know standing over there barking at you that you need to give them 10 more push-ups every time you go into the gym but you know you just want to arm yourself with information and i think that's good advice for you know pretty much anything you're gonna you're gonna take seriously okay well before we keep going i want to remind my listeners about the official sponsor of the essential tennis podcast and that is tennistours.com you guys can go there to find tickets, travel packages, and accommodations to professional tennis events, both WTA and ATP, all over the world. So if you guys are making plans for next year for the Grand Slams, definitely check them out. They carry tickets for all four of the Grand Slams, along with really cool packages while you're there in whichever city that you might be visiting. So go check them out. And when you check out, use the promotional code ESSENTIAL. That will not only give you a discount, but also show them that you're a listener of the podcast and you appreciate their support of the show. All right, now, now let's go ahead and get to uh, exactly why you disagree with his premise of um, less weight and more reps during the on-season and more weights and less reps during the off-season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the thing is, you're not going to find any serious strength coach today working for any professional team or any professional athlete, and, and especially with um, tennis players, now it seems to have been the trend in the in the last couple of years for tennis players to you know start pumping iron and lifting weights and working out in the weight room. You, I don't think you could find a strength coach or a conditioning coach anywhere that is going to say that a weaker athlete is a better performer. <laughs> and it, I mean, it's just common sense. We don't see you know you see you see guys uh, professional football players they're in the weight room pretty much year round. 
um, uh, athletes, uh, Olympic athletes, whether they're runners or whether they're um, gymnasts or, you know, if they're shot putters or, or whatever the case may be, they're always trying to do things to help them to get stronger. Now, by lifting lighter weights uh, for more reps, you're not going to develop more strength. It's just a, a, a physiological fact. You're going to develop maybe maybe you're going to develop more muscle endurance, but you're not going to develop more strength and more power, and thereby increase your performance on the tennis court or on the basketball court or, or whatever sport is that you're you're going out to do. Let me let me ask you about that. You mentioned that um, more weight would be for actual strength, whereas less weights. Uh, I'm sorry, less weights and more reps would be for more endurance. So uh, in your opinion, uh, speaking to tennis players specifically, uh, so are you saying that then that in general, as tennis players, uh, even recreational players, we need more strength uh, versus muscle endurance? Well, you've got to look at it this way. Uh, you're going to, you're, you're, if you're looking at fitness holistically, you know, as a total package, mm-hmm. you've got uh, an aspect of tennis, which is cardiovascular endurance, which takes a different set of exercises to excel and to train your body at running, sprinting, things like that. And then you've got on the other side, the, uh, the aerobic or the, or the, I'm sorry, the anaerobic portion, which is the lifting of weights and the increasing of muscle mass and the stimulation of different types of muscle fibers. So, um, you know, the idea being that if you want to improve your performance, you, you want to be working in both of those things okay. and the strength and, and, uh, weight training is going to, uh, to benefit you in areas that the cardiovascular can. I mean, most of the time, uh, in tennis, and I think you'll agree with me on this, the most, um, you know, what is the average rally in pro tennis or in recreational mm-hmm. tennis? I know it's under 10 shots, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, recreationally, I don't know. I, I, I'm totally making up numbers here, but but professionally, I would guess uh, in singles on the men's side, we're probably talking three shots per point. I, I would guess is probably average. And, you know, recreational players are probably around the same thing, two, three, maybe four at at the high point for, for a high-quality match. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm sure that you see a lot of a lot more rec tennis, and even higher level rec tennis. You know, up to the four, four, five, five o level, you're, you're not playing long protracted points. No, and so the need for muscle endurance um, in though in that performance arena is not going to be as great as the need for long term, you know, endurance performance. So over saying, you know, keeping uh, your wind up for an hour or two at a time, or if you maybe have a tournament or something like that, those are different considerations, obviously, but you don't need um, to train like a long distance runner or like you're going to train for a marathon and be successful at playing tennis. It just doesn't make sense. Does that make, does that help out? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. It's, I think people a lot of times are surprised when I tell them that tennis is not an aerobic sport. Uh, that it's an anaerobic sport. It's quick bursts, uh, you know, where you want to be powerful uh, and you want to be as strong as possible, and then you rest. And, and the resting period is is a lot longer than the actual performance period. Um, sure. So I guess that would make sense uh, as far as what you're talking about, where where tennis players need to focus kind of more on the higher weights and and less reps. Uh, but yeah. in general, sh- should tennis players be doing both, Steve? I mean, should should we be doing both? 
um, you know, workouts that have less weight and higher reps and workouts with more weight and lower reps? Is there some kind of balance there we should be doing or is it one or the other? Uh, well, I think one is going to depend on your physical condition and, and and starting out. And obviously, you're, you're, we're talking to people that are going to be all over the board here. We're mm-hmm. talking to people that are going to be on the weaker end of the scale and toward the stronger end of the scale. You're talking about different body types, um, guys that are ectomorphic and, and thinner and guys that are on the other side, the mesomorph, the endomorph, which we, we've talked about in the past on the, uh, on the fitness blog. So um, that being said, you're not going to, I don't know, think about it this way. The stronger your body it denotes the more or less the more muscle fibers that you have and the more you're able to perform and apply kind of denotes how you're able to actively recruit the muscle fibers that you have. And lifting lighter weights recruits less muscle fibers than lifting heavier weights. And also you've got the idea of uh, a term called hypertrophy. It's the opposite of atrophy, hmm. which is getting smaller. If you've ever had a broken arm or anything in your and your or a body part that's been immobilized for a while, you've seen atrophy. You're, it shrinks. Like I had a broken arm, and my arm, you know, it looked like you know my grandmother after 13 <laughs> weeks, and I had to build it back up. And on the other end of the scale is that hypertrophy that you're building muscle and you're adding on muscle fibers and. I think kind of one of the myths today is, well, I don't want to get big and bulky bulky because that's going to slow me down. Right, right. But I don't think if you look at a guy like uh, Michael Vick or uh, an NFL linebacker that's huge and muscular, those guys are sick fast. And they're, they're fast and they're able to perform like that because they've done weight training in the gym, they've added muscle, and they've worked on recruiting um, you know, fast and slow twitch muscle fibers to increase their performance. Okay. So, so let's go ahead and wrap up his first question. So, so in, sure. in review then, um, so, so it's definitely a misnomer that he should be splitting up his types of workout from between off season and, and on season. Um, so just to wrap things up, and I know that you said before, and clearly we all have different body types and different strengths and weaknesses when it comes to our physicality and how our body is, is made up and how it's been trained. Uh, is there is, is it possible to have a rule of thumb uh, when it comes to working out as a tennis player, or is it always just going to depend on a, a kind of case by case basis? Uh, I think the rule of thumb is, uh, and not just related to tennis, tennis, but any other sport, you want to get stronger and faster. Okay, <laughs> and we do that by uh, lifting more weight and challenging our body. Now, that's not to say that there aren't training cycles that we're going to go through that will um, have us lifting some lighter weights. And at maybe some higher repetitions, but I think as a rule overall, in order to build strength and to build performance, you're going to have to keep uh, continually challenging challenging yourself, and you do that by by lifting heavy weight. Okay. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to his second question that uh, now, and that is, how many days a week should he be lifting during his tennis season? Well, while he's actually in season as a tennis player. Yeah, sure. And again, this is going to compl- uh, depend on how often he's playing tennis. I mean, I don't know if he's playing uh, three or four hours a day or, you know, is that five days a week? In that case, you're going to want to, you know, scale the, the lifting back some in order to, uh, you know, not wear yourself out and totally be dead on the tennis court, right? So it's it's going to depend on on how much his um, his his tennis demands are going to be incorporated into his 
total training program. But I think as a, as a general rule of thumb, you could easily uh, do three or four days a week and uh, some moderate to heavy strength training. And as long as you are rotating body parts and allowing, uh, you know, 24 to 48 hours uh, between exercising the same body part and allowing that, that muscle tissue to heal from the training, you're going to be okay. Okay. Let's, let's say, you know, let's just give a specific example. I, I'm going to hopefully try to nail right in the middle of my demographic here. So, so let's say for your recreational player who, you know, really taking their game seriously, but maybe they're a mom or a dad and they've got a full-time job and, you know, they don't have time to, to be a full-time tennis player. Uh, so let's say a rec player who is doing two, maybe three times a week, uh, on the courts, playing one or two hours at a time, how often should that type of player be looking to, to lift weights to challenge their body and, and get stronger and faster? Uh, as much as possible. And okay. I know that's going to sound kind of like a broken record, but most people aren't going to put themselves in such duress and stress with their training that they're going to, I think, take away from uh, any other kind of recreation or sports that they're doing. Now, again, you've got to keep in mind physical limitations mm-hmm. and and certain you know factors, personal factors like that. But uh, three or four times a week, three or four days uh, out of the week, if you're in the gym from anywhere from forty five minutes to an hour and a half, uh, I think you're. I think that's going to be perfectly fine. Okay. Before we get to Vedran's last question, just a quick note about the second sponsor of the podcast, that is TennisExpress.com, where you guys can go to get all of your gear and equipment needs fulfilled. They have everything at great prices, free shipping over orders of $75, and they're also a sponsor of the podcast, which I really appreciate. So go check them out. When you do uh, make a purchase from them, please use the promotional code ESSENTIAL. I will tell them that I sent uh, that I sent you, and uh, it's a great way to to kind of give back and thank them for being a sponsor of the Essential Tennis Podcast. All right, and now let's go ahead and move on to Vidran's last question, and um, th- this could be a big one. Feel free to spend as much time as you feel is necessary here, Steve, to to educate my listeners about what they should be doing as tennis players specifically. And his final question was, what muscle groups should I focus on and with what exercises? Oh, that's an easy one. All of them. All of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, all of them. Well, and when I say that, let me, let me just kind of uh, focus in on that for a minute. You want to be doing um, multi-joint exercises, and you don't want to be focusing on things like, I just want to, you know, get big, huge biceps and do, <laughs> and do heavy bicep curls. That, obviously, that's not going to help your tennis performance. Mm-hmm. But you, you, what is going to help your tennis performance is, um, and we've talked about that, I think this in the past on, on some blog articles, is developing the kinetic chain. Uh, and that's um, kind of uh, exonerated in, in the service motion, right? You're, you start with the legs. The energy travels from the, the lower part of the legs, up through the trunk, up to the upper body, to the shoulders, and to the arm, and out through the hand, and ultimately ends up in the tennis racket and ends up hitting the ball, right? Mm-hmm. So in order to be more effective at that, you've got to do exercises, in my opinion, that 
focus on working on the kinetic chain. Now, exercises um, like the cleans and snatches and deadlifts and even things like uh, what's become popular really recently, kettlebell swings and exercises like that are going to be great at developing that. Now, those things are going to also, the advantage that you get is you're working multiple muscle groups. And I think as tennis players, I don't think you'll see any tennis player out there that you'll mistake for a bodybuilder, right? I I can't think of any off the top of my head. Definitely not Ivo Karlovich. Or uh, you know, remember Peter Corda, how skinny he was, right? What about could, uh, what about Rafa? I mean, he's I, I know for a tennis player, he's he's pretty built. He doesn't literally look like a bodybuilder, but he's pretty cut, right? It, it, Rafa is a tremendous athlete, and look at but look at where he's placed the emphasis. He's placed the emphasis on developing his body. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you that Rafa doesn't go in and and do you know a bench press with 40 pounds for 50 reps <laughs> uh, i can guarantee the guy is pumping some serious iron yeah, right i mean right. you can look at him and tell and how does that affect his tennis he's bigger he's stronger he's faster he's able to heal faster he's able to stay out there in the court longer and he's able to you know blister the crap out of the ball when he hits it which is what we all want to do face it right mm-hmm. so <laughs> um but I, I guarantee you he hasn't spent time just working on his biceps or just working on um, his quads doing heavy squats. Uh, he's I, don't done I don't know. He's got some pretty nice guns, Steve. He does, but <laughs> that come that can come as a result of working and doing those multi joint exercises. Uh, uh, take a bench press, for example. Right? You think that just targets the chest? Well, it targets muscles of the chest. It targets the shoulder muscles. It targets the tricep muscles on the back of the arm. It targets the trapezius muscles in the back to some degree. And so you're getting a ton of bang for the buck, so to speak. Okay. When you go to do a deadlift, uh, you're getting the calves, the, the quadriceps, uh, the lower back, the uh, erector spinae muscles, uh, the arm muscles. I mean, it's almost a total body workout. And you go in and, and do three sets of, of cleans with some serious weight and you're going to be decked, man. You're, you're going to not want to do a whole bunch else for the for the rest of your workout period because it's one, it's it's incorporating some cardiovascular um, into the into the exercise, and two, it's hitting a bunch of muscle groups, and three, it's forcing all those muscle groups to work together to produce uh, the desired effect to lift the weight from point A to point B, right? Sure. So it's it's getting it's taking that kind of holistic approach, and so um, again, I don't I don't. Um, Advocate rather uh, doing you know bicep curls or triceps extensions and and smaller things. You can do that as a supplement to your main lifting, which are going to be the core exercises: bench press, deadlift, squat, uh, clean. You know some sort of variants of those uh, of those Olympic lifting exercises. Okay. Well, let's let's try to get to one question here from the forums, and uh, and then I to to wrap things up. I've got. Uh, kind of a follow-up question for myself that that I think a lot of my listeners are probably thinking to themselves. Um, <laughs> I, people will have to write back and, and tell me. I, I, bet, I bet it's a pretty high likelihood. Um, let's answer a question from Toshi okay. in Maryland. He wrote and said, I would love to hear a good preventative exercise routine and I, I think i think this is definitely something people want to hear about and he says especially knees elbow wrist and legs um of course you know as tennis players and as recreational tennis players we don't always have the time to to work out a lot to keep our bodies you know really fit and really strong to 
to be able to to avoid those kind of typical tennis injuries you know the tennis elbow maybe shoulder problems maybe knee or you know joint problems in the legs can, can you give us some general you know pointers for trying to prevent those types of pretty typical tennis injuries yeah sure thing and, and it's a it's a pretty simple answer now i don't know uh what specific injuries that Toshi is talking about, mm-hmm. you know, so obviously I'm going to be giving some very general advice here because I don't want to give him anything that's going to exacerbate an, an existing or pre-existing condition that he may have. Sure. But as a, as, a, as a general rule, having a stronger, um, more fit and again, stronger, more muscular body, you know, you don't have to be Mr. Olympia, but going out and training and again, um, going back to those multi-joint exercises, what are, um, I think, if you look at it this way, what are muscles attached to? They're attached to uh, tendons, right? And so the tendons are have their basis in or around the joints. And so most of the weaknesses that you see are going to come from um, those weaker areas of the joints taking over and compensating for maybe weakness in muscles. And so strengthening the muscles that are are wrapping around and insulating your bones and joints, so to speak, is going to be a great way to uh, prevent injury. And I know that sounds um, kind of juvenile and kind of simple at the base of it, but if you look at it, you know, look at guys like uh, Roger Federer. He has a ton of off-court training. He's not hugely muscular, but I bet if you stood beside him, he's going to have wider shoulders than probably you and me put together. He's going to be stronger than... Uh, a, a large percentage, I'd say 99% of our, uh, you know, your listener base. And he, but, and, and why is he like that? Well, he's like that because he spent a ton of time in the gym. He's strong as an ox and look at his uh, injury um, history, you know, relatively slim or none. Sure. And, and you look at a guy like Rafa and obviously he is probably one of the strongest guys on the tennis court. And granted he's had some, some knee injuries, but you know, some tendonitis injuries, but Again, I think that one of the reasons that he's been able to overcome that and come back and win three major tournaments this year is because he probably spends a ton of time in the gym. He spends a ton of time strength training and flexibility training, and he just puts in the work off the court that enables him to do what he does on the court. Okay. Well, I got one more question for you, and sure. I'm really confident that this is something that a lot of people have been thinking. Um, and that is that the, the types of exercises that you've you've really hit the hardest, and the ones that you're really it sounds like you're really um, most excited about, and think that are the best for people to do as tennis players. Uh, kind of involve, I, I believe you use the the phrase uh, multi joint. Is that right? Yeah, exercises. That's right. So mm-hmm. so big stuff. You know, like cleans, deadlifts, bench press are are some of the exercises that you've been advocating. I I know that a lot of my listeners are are hearing you suggest that and are already getting intimidated about going to their, you know, their local gym or wherever that they like to work out and you know, your average tennis player is not, like you were saying before, is not a, you know, a bodybuilder looking type person. I mean, me, you know, speaking from, from experience here, you know, I'm six foot in college. I weighed like 140, 145. And I remember going into the, um, the university, you know, uh, athlete weight room and having, you know, the hockey team and the football team there. <laughs> and I'm walking around and I, I'm doing stuff like what you're talking about. I was, I was doing uh, free 
you know, squats and bench press um, and all kind of stuff like that, you know, using the bigger weights. And I definitely felt out of place. So what do you, what do you have to tell my audience who is probably not, you know, built like a football player or like a hockey player and is a little intimidated about going to the gym to do these, these multi joints, uh, type exercises? Sure. Um, you know, there's, there's two main things that, that I'll touch on. One, knowledge is power and knowledge is key. Uh, there's some great resources online that will show you the right way to do these things. And one, for injury prevention, and two, just so that you're using proper form and so you get the most out of, out of the exercise. Um, guys like uh, Eric Cressy is a great resource. EricCressy.com is a, is a certified strength and conditioning specialist, and he has a tons of articles and tons of videos out there that show you the right way to do stuff. Um, and, and he's linked up with a lot of sites. There's guys like Alwyn Cosgrove and John Berardi. Uh, Dave Tate, who are some uh, leading uh, strength coaches in uh, the industry today. And so there, there's no excuse for you to not know how to do something. Everybody's probably got an internet connection. If not, go to the, the library and read a book on strength training and on, and on Olympic lifting and learn how to do it right. That will allay a lot of the fears that and a lot of the intimidation that you have with just knowing how to do the exercise, right? Okay. Because you're going to worry about people looking at you and saying, <laughs> right. what is this guy doing, right? He's, <laughs> right. he's nuts. Yeah. So, and the second thing is, um, you know, who really cares? You're not there to uh, please anybody else. You're not there to um, go up against the, the, you know, the 300-pound guy in the corner of the room who's been lifting weights since he was, you know, uh, in diapers, it looks like sometimes. And so who really cares? You're there for you, right? I mean, think about it this way. When you go out on the tennis court, do you get intimidated by the guys three courts over who are, you know, you know, five oh players and are and are hitting at a great level and worrying about what, what your strokes look like? You know, maybe sometimes, but you're not there for them. Uh you're there for you and you're there to improve your performance. And so who cares what, what looks you get or, or whatever? You're there for you. Go in into the gym, do your thing and you know, don't worry about what people look like and what people, you know, you may think people are thinking. <laughs> I think that's – we intimidate ourselves out of fitness a lot of times and especially in commercial gyms because we're worried about, you know, impressing somebody. Well, right. I don't have to impress anybody but me, right? And, I, and I'm not there for anybody else but to improve my performance. So I, th- I think those are my two keys and hopefully hopefully that's that's helpful to our listeners. Good stuff, Steve. I, uh, of course, anybody who's listened to the podcast for any length of time knows that I love mental type topics and confidence type topics. So I love what you're saying there. And that, that brings us to the end of our time together. And, and with that, uh, it really kind of brings me back to when I, I've been, I do listen to your podcast, uh, Steve, and, and you talk about a lot of those motivational type uh, topics because, of course, that's such a huge part of, as you were saying, uh, such a huge part about why people don't work out and why people do get out of shape. Um, and so if you guys want to hear more information and more feedback like that about working out in general, definitely check out Steve's podcast. Again, it's uh, Power of Fitness Podcast. You can find that on iTunes. Or um, do you have the podcast on uh, up on your website yet, Steve? I don't have it up there. I'm looking at uh, changing hosts for the website pretty soon okay. so that I can... 
uh, make the audio downloadable to folks that don't have iTunes or just that folks that want to go to the website and listen. And so look for that in, uh, in hopefully the coming, in a coming month or so. Okay. So if you guys have iTunes, go search for Power of Fitness on iTunes and uh, check it out. Again, uh, Steve Beck has been my guest. He's uh, the author. And check out his uh, website as well, which is powerofit.com. Steve, any uh, last words or thoughts uh, for, for the audience before we wrap things up? Uh, you know, just, just, uh, realizing what, um, what strength and and conditioning can do for your tennis game. Uh, I think it can, you know, do a lot of things. It can make you faster. It can make you obviously a better all around athlete. It can help you with, um, health issues and living a a longer, more healthier life. Uh, You know, in addition to making it, making it a better tennis player, which is, I'm assuming what everybody, uh, is tuning into the (laughs) essential tennis podcast for. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Well, Steve, uh, thanks very much for your time. I appreciate it. It's been uh, great talking to you. And hopefully we can have you back on in the future to talk about more fitness-related topics. Thanks uh, very much. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Ian. I appreciate it. And I look forward to uh, talking with you again soon. All right. That does it for episode number 137 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that it's given you some ideas on how you can increase your strength and your fitness for being a better tennis player. And it's, it's a great way to, as I said earlier, take your game to the next level and uh, in, improve yourself, which is always what this show is about. And before I sign off, let me uh, again say that make sure to check out iTunes. If you're just going to the website and downloading the file right from EssentialTennis.com, it's definitely a lot easier to subscribe to the show. You don't have to keep going back to the website and right-clicking and saving the file, etc. So check out iTunes, subscribe to the show on the iTunes Music Store, and you'll get the podcast every single week automatically. All right, that does it for this week. Thanks again, everybody. Take care, and good luck with your tennis. Tennis.